Hello everyone. Welcome to the 6th episode of Podchat. So today we'll have a sports scientist with us, uh, Ashwini Rana and subscribe to the channel, leave feedback in the comments and let us know what do you want to meet next. If you want to uh, join up in the as a podcast guest, please feel free to email. The email ID and all the links are in the uh, description. So let's head to the conversation. <laughs> Uh, hello Ashwini, how are you? How's going? Hello Bandhan and thank you for inviting me. It is going good. And it, I mean, this week has been really happening for me. Uh, and a lot of things are going on in the life at the same time. So you could say that I'm busy or say life is interesting. But the, yeah, things are good. Things are happening. Great. And for our audience, can you quickly introduce yourself? What do you do? What is your background? Yeah, sure. Uh, so myself, uh, Ashwini Rana. I am basically born and brought up uh, in Bhagpur district, Uttar Pradesh. But my life is currently based out of Gandhinagar, Gujarat. As I am working as a sports scientist with Sports Authority of India. And uh, I basically help out athletes in optimizing their body physique, their body composition and physical fitness on, uh, on, I mean, on the overall perspective. Great. And so, uh, what all uh, athletes have you worked with? What uh, what are your clients, uh, sort of, if I can say? So, the games, uh, athlete, I mean, particular game athletes uh, that I work with are from Kabaddi, handball, and a lot of uh, para games like para swimming, like uh, para athletics, like para table tennis. Along with that, uh, earlier, uh, I used to work out with the para... Uh, Badminton players also, but the, they moved out from the center now, and uh, we have a new addition of para table tennis players along with para powerlifters. So, so while so uh, is it kind of a field work like as it when are, uh, they are uh, playing or they are practicing or doing some uh, uh, activity? So you are also there in the ground with them. So it kind of includes both lab work and the field work. Depending on the requirement or depending on the game orientation that I have with my subject area, I need to uh, indulge in the fieldwork also to see how a particular athlete performs, how his body movement works and how in his or her particular event, how his body works out with his intention for the game. Because the body movements and the balance and the body physique plays a crucial role in the performance of a particular athlete. Absolutely, absolutely. And so, uh, some, do you sometimes feel that, okay, I also want to play? Do you also get uh, get to play with them <laughs> at times? Uh, I haven't tried much playing <laughs> with them. But the kick is always inside to, you know, get on the field and get dirty with them or say, in, involve myself in the game. But being a professional, uh, I try to focus more on observing them rather than playing with them. Because observation is a different context when you indulge in observing a team. Suppose if I talk about Kabaddi players, there are two teams of seven players each. And we are when you are tapping each one of how each one of them is coordinating and how it, they are working out. So uh, observation becomes kind of important in the perspective of the game, in the perspective of the athlete's performance. So what exactly are the things that you observe? Like uh, not specific to the game, but uh, like in general, considering all the games that you have worked with. Uh, over so on. In, in general, uh, the things 
these are not uh, the things that are professionally mentioned or say kind of set of protocols but these kind of observation that i do they help out in my lab assessment they help out in my mapping of a particular athlete how a particular athlete of a particular body physique say particular body composition of a particular height how that particular athlete is performing in his home in his zone in his own game or her game and then trying to you know add that observation to my assessment also in the laboratory so that's how it works and see the changes over the months of training over the over the uh, months of assessment or say period of assessment like before uh, the part of competition or after, after competition it's like that okay i see and so as you mentioned lab components so what are the lab components that you are involved so uh, lab components that are involved are basically manual anthropometric assessment which includes uh, limbs or segmental assessment say dimensions basically measurements and then other things which includes are strength assessments which include grip strengths and their back strength also and then there are other measurements like body composition assessment for which we use a body composition analyzer machine and then try to correlate all those factors that we have assessed with the game also and with the position of the athlete or say particular event of the athlete mm-hmm. so are there also scientific uh, elements that you use with it so can you explain the science of all yeah, this all this all this is scientific basis uh, there are thousands of studies uh, i mean enormous uh if you go through a particular sport discipline and if you put together all the sports discipline na there will be uh, sports anthropometric studies there will be physiological studies there will be morphological studies of the athletes from all across the world including india and there will be uh, physiotherapy specific studies and then there will be studies which assess the fitness of injured athletes depending on the game depending on the events and depending whether the athlete is a para athlete or say able i mean a normal athlete of any particular game all right all right so uh, these uh, data that you receive data points are do you are you accumulating them to have kind of a publish a review paper or something sort of or you are just uh, using the data for just that particular purpose of uh, so uh, right now all these data points are basically helping out the athletes in getting their improve uh, I, i mean getting their performance improved over the time period but the context behind all these data points and all this uh, observation is to get things published to create a data bank and to you know uh, create an environment for uh, the young athletes who are just grooming in the age of we say 10 years 8 years and say 12 years and to put a set of standards set of protocols you know to identify and to tap the talent from the uh, grassroots and how to identify the talent on the basis of those standards and protocols mm-hmm. All so right. all this data bank helps out in those things in talent identification and all right right and so you also uh, studied from tata institute of uh, social sciences so uh, what all uh, subjects you underwent and how are they helping in your current role uh, to be honest uh, my degree at tata institute of social sciences is kind of uh, a different con- in a different context in a different working area but overall if it, if i talk about my orientation over the years through my education whether from my bachelor's in life sciences to masters in anthropology 
to my amphilin public health my orientation has been always in the health and fitness area and health and fitness include both the components as we all know that physical and mental health of an individual is very much mm-hmm. crucial to the proper functioning of that particular individual throughout life so uh, public health area helped me out in understanding the social context behind the public health uh, subject area or say topic in at large and then it also helps me out in uh, identifying and improving my research skill sets along with the field work areas along with the, my knowledge of say administrative side of the mm-hmm. indian healthcare system okay. so this is the overall context behind my public health orientation right and can you uh, share your experience uh, with or uh, being in these institutes like uh, the universities that you were in during your bsc msc or even mphil so how was the experience in those uh, experience if i uh, talk about it is quite interesting and quite heavy and kind of hectic at, at times i sometimes i fed up of all these thing and try to run away from all, all the <laughs> academia the job and life but then again you know the inherent quality or say inherent uh, you know uh, curiosity that i have i just try to get back to you know my basic inherent nature and to improvise my knowledge so uh, from bachelor's in life sciences from delhi university i, I had an intent to uh, work on something which helps out the general public in improving their health and fitness my motto always has been to work on with the individuals or say work on the population to getting better to getting fitter and to getting healthier actually mm-hmm. so this orientation over the years helped me out in tapping certain areas those could be random and those could be you know particularly decided by me so if i tell you my experience say from my 12th standard studies i explore the uh, degree areas which i could be, uh, follow up and then get into so biotechnology one was one of the area which really intrigued, intrigued me over the years and uh, this is i am talking about the time period of 2009 and 10 so until now biotechnology has been an area of my interest but it kind of wears down due to other subject areas interest mm-hmm. and then uh, i chose uh, my bachelor's in life sciences because it was the amalgamation of chemistry and biology put together in life sciences you learn extensively both the subject areas and try to work out things so that uh, you can move in the either either of the streams and work out for the betterment of society mm-hmm. whether it is in the orientation of say uh, drug making whether it is in the orientation of being a health professional like right now i am one of the uh, you know uh, fitness uh, professional you could say or say sports science professional and uh, then if i talk about from moving from my bachelor's to masters which is in anthropology so this masters of science degree in anthropology gave me the you know the context behind that i was looking for since my childhood because being a curious child since childhood i have been curious about indian society and why such huge diversity that we have why it is so huge and how people accommodate and say uh, accept the other uh, people of different ethnicity of different language of different uh, 
uh, facial features or say bodily features. So all these things help me out becoming who I am right now because all these studies and all these experiences help me out in identifying say if I talk about in the orientation of uh, sports science. Being an anthropologist helped me out understanding the dynamics of cultural significance in the orientation of sports and then tapping the talent according to their genetics, according to their ethnicity and so all these factors accommodate to put together and then help out a particular individual in improving his life and life of the other people that he is attached with. So I also studied a bit of anthropology on my own. So one particular problem that I face is because, but you have done a full degree in that. So I would, I would be really sure that you must have faced something like this. So especially in sports, when you see on the ground, people are playing. So don't you wonder like, what are these monkeys doing? <laughs> I uh, I'm, a, I'm an open-minded person, to be honest. So I see everybody as equal to me because anthropology taught me not to be ethnocentric. Ethnocentricism is focusing that your community, say your ethnicity is superior and others are inferior or say like you mentioned monkeys. But I don't feel like that because my experiences and my subject areas, they taught me like that. And I see everybody equal and try to observe their stories, their daily life, and then work out things for myself or inculcating some of the qualities in my life. And my context was uh, coming from the uh, ancestral uh, mindset, like uh, because how slowly we evolved uh, to the current state uh, of where we are. So there are many, uh, ans- like we still have a reptilian dominated brain at uh, many times. So by seeing all this culture like it just feels kind of an uh kind of machinery that is going on it's sometimes one doesn't feel alive in that particular situation because it just feels that okay this has been programmed into us we have been it's in the dna it's in the uh nurture it's in the nurturing of our society how we are brought up so that, those are the things that are affecting us culturally or how we are act, going to act or what are we doing uh whatever our actions are so just like you mentioned that uh, this uh, this is how we are nurtured, whether it is genetically, whether it is culturally. So the things is things are that I understand in my context or say my experience context. If I mention things goes hand in hand with the environment also. It's it is nature and nurture. So both the things work equally, and uh, it affects not just your morphology. It also affects your genetics, it it also affects your physiology, it also affects your immunology also and a lot of other factors. So all these when we club together, we see the kind of pattern of evolution that like you mentioned Mm -hmm. and over the years every species works out this way only. We uh, fail in something, we get better at it and we improvise things. It could be anything. Whether it was an invention of fire, whether it was creation of a tire, whether it was creation of machine like computer or mobile phone. Things work out in the step, in the set of steps and then step by step they get improved over these years or say millennia if I talk about. Right, right. Uh, so what are the kind of best things that you have studied in anthropology? Uh, to be honest, what... I learned the best of out of anthropology is the cultural context and socio-cultural context of the society because I always wanted to understand Indian society in a way and to understand the socio-political orientation also 
so the social context that i learned from anthropology helped me out in understanding the political context of the country also apart from that uh, i have several other interests along with all these areas that i mentioned to you and if i put together all these all these things they help me out in understanding better the uh, better uh, better uh, way of our country uh, in a better way and to uh, at at a large extent in a geopolitical way mm-hmm. because every individual in our country is somehow in some manner whether it is in lesser or higher it is affected by geopolitical movements or things that are happening right right so okay so uh, after that you went on to public health uh, so how was this transition were you uh, like are you into fitness from childhood or uh, like why since you are very you like you love anthropology so why not why haven't you pursued it further like why shifted to public health uh the thing is uh, my interest has been a lot of uh, subject areas to be honest i am a kind of a interdisciplinary and multidisciplinary person mm-hmm. i want to collaborate with the person of other subject areas and person of other expertise um, you could say uh, i am a master of none but jack of all trades but that's a different context and that's a different you know mm-hmm. say cliche uh, kind right. of line for the person but the interest area is what all matters to me and when if i go by say i am going to give you an example uh in my mphil public health uh, degree uh, which i am uh, tr- trying to finish currently uh, i haven't completed it yet i'm working on my thesis so my thesis area is on internet gaming addiction among adolescent population of the country and this area uh, is is a major public health problem currently and it is going to be huge way much uh, bigger than the cardiovascular or say depression or say uh, uh, tuberculosis problem in the country although it is in say i could say in the nascent stage but it is still huge and you could have i mean you must have observed a lot of uh, cases on the social media on the say print or online media of the adolescent or say youngsters stabbing their friends right stabbing right. their friends and trying to you know uh theft of the money from their parents just to play the games and to involve right. in the right so this area that i worked upon it's in a kind of a you say interdisciplinary area hmm. it includes biological feature of an individual it includes psychological factors and it also includes social factors so the kind of exposure educational exposure that i had it all came to this topic to work out on a problem which includes a lot of other areas mm-hmm. so this is the kind of context that i always wanted to work upon and this is just one example of it right so uh, uh, through this thesis are you a, ki- a kind of giving out a solution or uh, is it kind of a review uh, study it, it's kind of a review right now but i am planning to make it a project a bigger project in the later academia academic life of mine okay and i'll try to make it uh, you know uh, a project which involves the whole country and i don't know what would be the timeline of it but this thing is just you know this problem is getting bigger and bigger bigger so it would be better if we start right now building on it and understanding this uh, problem and 
trying to find the solutions although there are solution of this but as we move into the say digital world and virtual world as you might have observed about the uh, you know uh, say meta uh, right, metaverse right. so these things are getting bigger and if they you know become so much big that you won't be able to work on these things you need to start right now to understand i mean as a society we need to understand as a country we need to understand this problem and work on it to get the solution right because real world is what makes us us not the virtual world we can interact we can work on things we can improvise on things but the real world is where we live with our family with our society and this is how we uh, evolved over the years so the evolution is uh, what resulted in our society as of now absolutely and also the body that lives in the real world we need nutrition we need yeah. a proper exercise so all that is in the real world so yeah absolutely correct absolutely so what are your career plans ahead uh, you are applying for phd position so what all uh, subject areas are you looking forward to uh, currently i'm going to follow my public health orientation only but to be honest the plan is not you know uh, a, a, a kind of a step way i'm i've not planned anything in detail way or say descriptive way like i'm going to be a phd by this much year, time uh-huh. period and going to be a phd in this subject area right because i have diverse set of interests hmm. and if i uh, talk about right now just to give you an example and just to give the uh, you know uh, our audience an observation basically my interest area moves from geopolitical effects on the health and fitness of a society to uh, say geopolitical factors that affect the policy making of a country whether it is health policy whether it's a sports policy and then how organizations like united nations like who how they create kind of an environment where a country needs to you know put down their guards and just let them in and make their policy and then just let the things be because this has happened with the uh, in i mean with countries like ours in the past also with the structural adjustment programs uh, after sub- suggestions of who and a lot of other things apart from uh, you know south african countries their policy making has been majorly majorly influenced by bodies like un and who and wto along with that uh, if i talk about in the context of health and fitness or say the major attraction of today's generation uh is one factor of uh, say addictive substances these could be marijuana these could be uh, say psychedelic substances these could be anything so this is also one of my interests like mushrooms magical mushroom people call them right and they have them out in you know a different set of experiences mm-hmm. those could be hallucination those could be anything the kind of context my orientation has been towards health and fitness okay. and that's majorly includes mental health and physical health so currently i'm working on physical health but my public health orientation kept hmm. helped me in working on mental health orientation also right all right got it so uh, you mentioned who and un so uh, do you plan like do you have ambition to uh, some uh, some way w- collaborate or work with these international agencies to be honest uh, i want to work with the indian authorities 
so that we can build something independently and not to depend on these bodies because these bodies does not uh, you know uh, are i mean these bodies are not built up uh, at a world's perspective they started from a particular set of countries and mm. then they included other set of countries right so this is just a set of countries nothing else right and when a particular uh, majority which is funding the these bodies they decide the policy making mm-hmm. suppose india is uh, becomes the major funder of the policy mm-hmm. so india would be affecting the world policy making whether right. it is in health whether it is in fitness in any area absolutely so right. this is the kind of context that i want to work upon and the work area should be to work independently to mm-hmm. become independent out of these bodies this is my orientation to the things and solution of problems got it got it so uh, what is your long term plan in as such like maybe after 30 or 40 years what are you how you see yourself uh to be honest i see myself as an independent researcher or say uh, i won't say uh, entrepreneur in a particular context but i want to have a institute build up where we could you know be become the uh, a particular you know uh, uh, expert particular set of expert which can identify a problem and work on the set of contexts which are affecting that problem and find try to find the solution in the multidisciplinary way and interdisciplinary way i want to start my own institute like that it could be an ngo it could be a educational institution but this is my you know long term plan I don't know when it's going to happen and how it's going to happen. This is just one context that I have in mind. And were you thinking of these goals from childhood like when you first thought about these goals? Absolutely not. Absolutely <laughs> not. Because I've been the you know uh, frog of a pond to be honest. <laughs> I was in uh, living in my village at the age of 9 10 and uh, I've been exploring my local areas, been a curious child since you know uh since i got to know who i am since i got to know what an individual and how a society works it could be from the age of 3 years or say 4 years uh, as per my uh, you know parents and grandparents i have been a curious child uh, so uh, how were your school days how was your interaction with the teachers during school days uh, like were you asking too much questions and they got kind of fed up with your questions <laughs> being a curious child or how was it Well, to be honest, I wasn't much of a questioner in the school life. <laughs> I'm a questioner, a questioner of uh, you know, in the real life with the society people. It could be with my grandparents, it could be with my neighbors, it could be with anybody else like my friends. It could be with the you know professor, you could say with the teachers, but not in the classroom. Hmm. I just I just was an observer in the classroom, how people behave, how they work out. and then go into the field go into the open area be free i just wanted to be free always mm-hmm. my freedom what matters to me and i have been an explorer because of this and i have learned a lot from my life being a free individual in movement because i have been you know pain of my grandparents also and parents also because at the age of 4 and 5 i used to be like visit nearby villages which used to be like 3 4 kilometers away 5 6 kilometers away and they used to find me <laughs> in the night in the evening also 
and some days i used to visit my distant relatives who, who could be like 10 to 15 kilometers away in a different village <laughs> that was the you know kind of life i had <laughs> this is the kind of uh, freedom that i had right so what uh, uh, like have you observed any societal changes uh, from your uh, when you were young and uh, from now like how how the society has changed uh, what do you think uh, to be honest it has become really really fast man i mean uh, if i talk about my childhood days until now earlier people used to carry in the city life also i moved to delhi in 2004 and it was quite you know uh, uh unique and interesting from 2004 to 2010 and then something happened with the society and then just got machinery man <laughs> it is so fast you can't even chase it man it just like a ferrari you can't you know reach out to it until and unless you are sitting in one <laughs> nice <laughs> cool so uh, like in all these uh, uh, like your life experiences have you faced any obstacles or hurdles that you found it difficult to tackle or any kind I'm of i'm currently in the in one of the you know challenging situation <laughs> can you elaborate yeah yeah the thing is uh, the area i am working on the you know being a, pro- a sports science professional it it is really interesting to me i learn something new every day i try to get better at my skill set i try to get better at my understanding and knowledge system and then again i think of getting a phd done and just become an a professor or something and just just settle down in life so always and always throughout life i have been uh, you know a person of dual personality or say a person of dual set of thoughts either do this or do that but uh, this kind of choice that i had over the years or throughout my life helped me out in becoming who i am right now becoming a interdisciplinary person multidisciplinary person to have the knowledge system of you know say variety of topics mm-hmm. what ha- what your role models have been uh, this is just you know uh, say i would say at least a question but i learned from my grandparents basically these uh, both my grandparents uh, my grandma and my grandpa they have been the powerhouse of all the values all the say motivation and all the you know learnings that a particular grandchild try to grab from their grandparents and parents or say society as a whole so these values has been revolving around just three factors one is kindness for other people another one is love for everybody every species basically mm-hmm. whether it is plant whether it is animal whether it is a human being and then third factor is a respect all these three factors have been inculcated in my life from my grandparents and i just try to build on these factors throughout life i try to get better at these also mm-hmm. cool so during your academic life uh, do you think how, how what are your uh, views on the current academic structure uh, so there is also new education policy comes uh, came out so uh, like what do you think that what changes or what good uh, pros and cons it has and how is it going to change the indian academia so uh, the cons i'm going to uh, mention firstly in this thing this new education policy according to my understanding has been uh a kind of change which 
severely affects the lower strata of students those students who come from very uh, you know lower socio economic family from say below poverty line and they don't have that much of say economic uh, strength in their family it could be in any way because they don't have access to the digital world they don't have access to their schools as you might have observed in the past two years because of pandemic and then they bring this new policy and severely affecting the context and the you know the build of of the system because still our country majority of the population 40 to 50% doesn't really have access to say mobile phone doesn't really have access to electricity for 24 hours doesn't have electricity i mean doesn't have access to water also mm-hmm. i mean drinkable water along with that the factors that needs to be addressed were how to include everybody in the education system these should be shorted out digital is a really good initiative to have access uh, you know on the pro side to give access to the you know working professional to give access to the you know remote areas where internet is there but people can't move because of the uh, say highly difficult terrains but put together in the overall context it is kind of uh, you know a setback for the country right now this is what my observation is and it could be different for everybody else who are listening to this podcast but the thing is uh, we have to accept every change that we are coming through and try to improve on things and to get better as a society as a country right and so do you think the awareness of these issues is increasing with uh, within the public with time i don't think so man i don't think so because just like i mentioned you before life has becoming so fast people really don't care to read things mm. these days people don't care they just google things they just do a youtube search and then just they try just try to mug up things in 2 minutes on 3 minutes you you must have observed people in scrolling down the instagram reels and just going through tiktok and uh, every other platform to get things in a faster way right so people need to work on their basic skill set like reading things like observation real life observation then only we can improve as a society and how can we achieve this like are there any ways or we have to go to the basics of our country and this could be from our earlier days of school you must have observed the society how it has been in the past mm-hmm. we used to read things we used to ask our elders and our teachers and our professors why this is happening this way why this is happening in uh, why this isn't happening in another way but people have stopped asking question they are just you know uh, following the herd whatever is happening on the social media they just want to you know get on the that pedestal and just move with the herd mm-hmm. they don't have their own context these days right right so okay uh, so i would i'm really curious to know uh, can you share some anecdotes about from your work experiences matlab any some funny stories that have happened or your some behind the scenes of your research work so yeah there is a funny story behind uh, you know the kind of field worker that i am so uh, this story is from february 2016 i have been on a field work in udaipur district rajasthan and i was doing some demographic surveys that uh, population uh, factors that we assess for 
so the you know uh, indian census also do this kind of surveys to get the idea of how indian population is socio economically affected and how it is improving community wise also so uh, i was in the field i was uh, trying to get the demographic data of a particular community i don't want to mention the community right now but right right i don't be good on the you know uh, researcher side yes 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 so this was the uh, you know uh, this, there was a village in the uh, you know city area and i was uh, trying to get, you know knocking on a particular household and then there was a lady in her 30s probably and then there was a, a grandma of the family i guess and she was in her uh, 70s or 80s maybe or maybe 90s i'm not sure just a hunch of mine so uh, i was you know tried trying to interact with the lady in her 30s years of age and i was trying to get the you know orientation of the family who is there in their family and what they all do what is the age matrix of the family and how is the socio economic structure of the family because my study has been on the population structure of that particular community and i covered around 200 household in the district uh, covering over four to five villages differently and this was kind of a you know random but uh, uh, a kind of a survey which included a particular community so this was a particular uh, observation a particular uh, say particularly focused on a particular community but it was random so uh, the experience was uh, that uh, i had a chat just a small chat of 2 3 minutes uh, with the lady uh, who, who was working in the you know uh, open space of the house because people still have in the you know villages area whether they are in city whether they villages are in you know distant part of the country people still have open spaces in front of their house in front of their building and the lady was working on something maybe she was doing the dishes i guess and i was trying to get the data uh, from her but then the you know grandma of the family came uh, <laughs> with the field you know uh, i would uh, it would be called field instrument basically we used to have uh, we call it darati in uh, north india we use it for cutting the wheat crop or okay. yeah so she uh, come with it and try to you know have a uh, you know go at me so i just get <laughs> got back from the gate and then just ran away from the family ran away from the house so this is the kind of context that you know you get to see how a particular researcher how a particularly field worker must have felt throughout the country when they try to get the data for the indian census they try to get the data for health surveys so this is just one incident in my life there could be many such with any other set of people but the things are getting better at least with our generation our parents generation because grandparents has been hold together in the different set of right. universe in, in different space right 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 
so uh what were these moments in your life that were kind of life changing for you that you uh, that you would kind kind of say that uh, like if these things wouldn't have happened with me or these things i haven't if i wouldn't have experienced so i wouldn't be at this stage so what were those like breakthrough moments in your life so uh, one was my movement from my village back in papa district and uh, moving from my village to delhi it has been a huge huge experience and has a you know drastic effect on my life for the next few years that i have been in delhi for because i moved to delhi in 2004 and i wasn't you know emotionally and mentally i wasn't stable for nearly 4 5 years my physical growth has stopped completely stopped for 4 years i used to you know uh, avoid uh, try to avoid my school i used to try to you know i used to avoid people i used to avoid friends i used to avoid my classmates and then i don't know how it happened how things changed but as in as an individual observing people in the society i try to learn from them how they behave how they interact and then things started getting improved because when i moved to delhi my height completely stopped at 4 feet 8 and then it stopped for nearly 4 years continuously oh, okay and then when i started um, you know doing cycling basically cycling is one such thing which has been a part of my life ever since i started cycling so i started cycling somewhere in 2007 so if i tell you it would be 14 15 years by now mm-hmm. I've been a regular cyclist in my personal life and cycling really you know helped me out in focusing on myself improving my emotional stability improving my mental focus and improving my physical you know the body type that I have because I've been in this shape for the past 12 years haven't changed much mm-hmm. and my weight has also been the in the constant phase of say 69 and 70 kgs got it right cool and so uh, what is your perspective about life in uh, particularly like do you have any uh, particular thing that how you view life in certain way has it changed with time yeah it gets you know uh, as much as i learn from the people as much as i learn from education system as much as i learn from society things get better uh, my understanding improve uh, my knowledge system gets better and my interaction with the people with the friends with the colleagues with seniors it 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 improves my you know the confidence that i have right now it wasn't there back if back in my bachelor's days mm-hmm. i used to avoid people at that time also my conversation style wasn't like this my interaction with the people wasn't really much of any interaction i just used to Uh, you know ask only the question which i really needed to ask otherwise avoid i i used to you know complete my classes used to take down the notes in classes and they just head back to the home straight away people used to you know ask me why don't you you know stay in the college for a few hours like 30 minutes say 1 hour or 2 hour after the class because sometimes classes used to over by 2 o'clock sometimes classes used to over by 3 o'clock and then people used to stay in the campus of the college of the university i was in north uh, campus of the university 
it was the most happening place of the university where people on a personality basis on an individual level they can become so much better but i used to avoid it so much i mean i can't even mention it in the you know right spectrum of point system mm-hmm. it has been a huge factor but i somehow got better because of my own learning because of my understanding of life because of my understanding of society society my siblings also helped me out in getting better because they have different set of skills they have different set of understanding and interacting with them they are younger to me mm. one of my sibling is younger to me by 3 years another one is younger to me by 7 years and that 7 year younger individual is much more mature and much more stronger than me mm. but still i try to learn from my juniors my colleagues and everybody else uh, what are your uh, siblings doing are they pursuing science or some other field uh so my sister she is pursuing uh, a different interest area and she is interested in art or history of art basically and she is also interested in museology and a lot of other things mm-hmm. like developmental studies and when it when it comes to my brother uh, he is mostly a techie if i say <laughs> in a particular context context he i don't know he wanted to be a hacker or some something else but he is really good at his things he can you know hack the wifi of a neighborhood <laughs> individual he can get into the system he can you know tap on the phone and he can hack the social media accounts also so this is just his own area of working and he is a big time gamer although he is avoiding recently but i don't know man he's really strong at what he's doing i, he's doing. I just hope he doesn't get into trouble hacking into someone's devices no 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 no, no. Uh, until now it hasn't been much of a problem but i guess he will explore ethical hacking uh-huh. if i talk about in a certain course work way this is what my recommendation to him great great so uh, before we end the discussion i would like to, uh, so what life lesson would you like to share with the audience to be honest man just be open for learning from everybody from nature from say animals from plants also i have just done the basics this is what my life has been always being the, being on the ground staying there putting your you know bare, bare standing bare feet on the ground on the grass and then just observe society observe people observe nature because this is you know nature is the biggest learner for everybody for the environment for us for every other species we have learned almost everything from nature over the years very well said very well said and that's a great end to the discussion it i thoroughly enjoyed the conversation thank you ashwini for joining in Thank you so much Kanan for inviting me and it has been a really huge experience for me because I have never thought of interacting like this with anybody I used to have one to one conversation but not like this not in a podcast thank you so much for inviting me man thank you man thank you hope you loved the episode subscribe to our show and see you next saturday